With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning and welcome everyone to Live Dharma Sunday for December 3rd, 2017. Koyo Kubosa here, so very glad you joined us. Well, we're into December now. (laughs) Yes, indeed. My garden is, vegetable garden is um, put to sleep for for the winter, except... Uh, a few weeks ago, I planted garlic, which is what you're supposed to do in this area. In fact, um, <clears throat> two or three hours north of us, near San Jose, is uh, Gilroy, the town of Gilroy, which has <laughs> been called the garlic capital of the world. And, of course, that's a advertising kind of slogan, but garlic grows good in this area of all my crops the garlic has been the most reliable and successful uh, i wanted to to go to the gilroy garlic festival every year they have but everybody says it's so popular that it's just jam-packed you can hardly p- find a place to park and everything it's a big <laughs> it's a, the downside of too much success i guess but anyway I planted garlic, and the way you plant garlic is um, not from seed, but from the individual cloves of, of, a, of a garlic head. You break the garlic head up into its individual cloves, and then you plant them in the ground in late fall, and they start to grow in the early spring next, next season. And it requires this, uh, I can't remember the the um, gardening term for it, but it means overwintering. You need to overwinter uh, and get exposed to that cold for the, the next year's garlic heads to develop fully. And uh, <clears throat> so I must have planted over maybe close to 300 cloves in one of my raised beds my raised beds are four feet wide by 20 feet long and and um, 
you take the cloves, push them down, and you and then you cover them up. And I can get free coffee grounds from Starbucks um, and use that as mulch. Spread that over the top, and that keeps them nice and cozy. Even though our winters do not get severe, our winters here. Even though we're in the foothills, we're not that high. And it only gets, uh, I would say, in the wintertime, the highs are in the low 50s and the lows are in the in the 30s. Once in a while, we'll get a uh, freezing weather in the high 20s. And if it lasts for several days, then all the orchard <laughs> citrus crops farmers, you know, have to do things. Uh, to protect their trees. But as far as winters go, uh, it's not very severe. We, we we do not get cold because, I mean, snow because we're not that high, only about 1,500 feet. But anyway, uh, our guest to give us a Dharma glimpse is Sayo Seppin, and he was part of our LM3 group. He lives in the foothills uh, northeast of Los Angeles, uh, but before introducing him for the Dharma glimpse, uh, he was um, came to visit uh, several weeks ago. Stayed for a few days, and and uh, we were planting garlic together. He was on one side of the raised bed; I was on the other, and we had a our bag of uh, uh, garlic cloves from last year's harvest. And of course, you pick the healthiest, the biggest ones. Okay. Always plant the large cloves. <laughs> if you want good, the best, biggest crop, okay, you got to have good growing thing. Um, <clears throat> so you plant them, and they just went over winter, and then they start to grow, and um, that's it. You don't have to do much except keep the weeds out. Some some garlic plants will produce a stalk and shrubby, uh, I guess you call it a, a flower. Uh, and I didn't know, but uh, someone said that those those buds that are in the flower be, uh, are are really uh, tasty. And um, I had been cutting them off because I had read that you know when those when they flower, you got to cut that off so that the bulbs will get bigger and so forth. But he said, well, save some of them, and, and uh, you can chew on those little buds in, inside the flower. Okay. And, uh, of course, if you let the flower develop and everything, you get some seeds, but nobody grows garlic from seeds. They just use the last year's cloves. But I was, what I was, the reason I mentioned this is something about nature, uh, about working outside. You know, there are some people that work outside as an occupation, whatever it is, and they really, really savor the fact that they want to work outside. Or they could probably get a office job that pays more, uh, but they like to work outside. And I could... <laughs> I didn't quite understand that a long time ago when I was younger, but I could really uh, appreciate that now. 
something about being outside, and there's something about getting your hands in dirt, you know, and why gardening is such a tremendous hobby for so many people, and especially when you're planting something, the act of planting has its special sentiment or feeling about it, okay? I mean, maybe there's some other kind of feeling that has to do with when you harvest something or and things like this. But planting, wow. Uh, and when you plant together with a, with a guest or a visitor, uh, didn't realize it, but that's a special sharing life together when you plant something together. I don't know how to describe it, but that kind of uh, is something very organic, very uh, almost primal maybe. You know, we used to be an agricultural society all over the world, and it's only relatively short time in history or geologic time, you know, uh, thousands of years of being an agricultural society where, you know, farmers, we grew our crops. And then then industrial age came along and technology and so forth. There's something about the land (laughs) and growing your own food. Okay. And uh, so it's, uh, I I started to appreciate that much more now. And I feel that I share this kind of uh, affinity and sentiment with my father who was, uh, that was his profession, in fact, being a landscape gardener. And he never, he, he always, had, that remained with him his whole life. He would always take care of the, the the small garden around the temple. Every time he visited relatives or family, he'd walk around the house and he'd be pruning or weeding, you know. He loved it. And he said, I love dirt. <laughs> But getting your hands in dirt um, and planting is something really tremendous. Well, without further ado, let us hear our Dharma glimpse for today. Recently, I discovered a new term uh, or concept, I guess. And it's a Japanese word, wabi-sabi, or phrase wabi-sabi. And I looked into it and trying to figure out what is wabi-sabi. It's something that I saw mentioned, just something I was randomly reading and uh, re- regarding aesthetics and, and so forth. And I looked up the term wabi-sabi because I really, I've never really heard of it. And I noticed one writer defined it as flawed beauty. And immediately I was like, oh, I like that, flawed beauty. Well, that pretty much sums me up, <laughs> you know. Um, so I started playing around with that as sort of like a personal... Uh, I guess you could say gohan, you know, kind of meditating on wabi-sabi, wabi-sabi, wabi-sabi. And I remember in our Liminister training discussions, we had a talk about the chipped cup, you know, cup that's been chipped or, you know, has maybe some kind of imperfection as being the best. And I remember in that dialogue, I thought, well, it's chipped. How could it be the best? I mean, it's it's broken. Then I, I realized that the teaching behind that is that it it makes it unique, you know, kind of like us. We all have our own flaws. We have our own uh, personas, and they are 
unique, you know. Uh, they're beautiful in, in their own flawed way, I guess you could say. So I started playing around with that, and I thought, I thought to myself, you know, flawed beauty, I, I don't know if I like the flawed part. Yes, we all have our flaws, and we work with them, and sometimes those flaws lead to gaining more wisdom, um, more understanding of the way things are as they are. And then it hit me just the other day. I thought, wait, not flawed. Unique. Unique beauty. And so I, I really played around with that. And I thought, you know, when you look out into nature, nature's beautiful. Very beautiful. And as you get closer to a tree or a bush or a flower, you notice that there are certain things that maybe you didn't capture at first. And there's a bit of, of a flaw, Right. But then again, that's what makes it beautiful. That's what makes it unique. And I, again, thought about this, uh, sort of applying it to myself. You know, I'm unique with all my imperfections, all my flaws, all these things. I am unique in this great universal life. And so now I'm sort of repeating to myself, wabi-sabi. You know, uh, somebody actually noticed that one of my favorite mugs, um, it's, sort of a slight imperfection. I never really noticed it until someone brought it up. And first thing I said was, hmm, wabi-sabi. And they looked at me like, wabi what? Did you just say wasabi? And I said, no, 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 wabi-sabi. It's beautiful. It's uniquely beautiful and has a unique beauty with that particular uh, flaw that, that you saw. And now I've been applying that with everything, you know, from day-to-day interactions when... Uh, you know, something doesn't look quite right, I just, hmm, wabi-sabi. Um, and that's how I see we're all uh, unique beauty. So, you know, next time you think maybe something is broken or wrong, just say to yourself, wabi-sabi. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> yeah, that's very interesting. <laughs> uh, when you talk to people in the arts, they know that term, and it is the kind of term that's uh, kind of have a, has a koan quality to it. That uh, I bet if you asked, you know, several people, you'd get several different answers as to what does that term mean. Um, uh, and to apply it to the spiritual awareness. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, lends itself nicely to that. Um, It goes into, you know, what is perfection? Or after perfection, what? Um, And I think when you look at the Eastern aesthetics sense of beauty, you know, when, when thousands of years go by, how does beauty, appreciation of beauty, get deeper and deeper? Well, <laughs> it gets so refined in ancient cultures, the aesthetics of, of perfection, perfect beauty, is that you start to put a little imperfection in it, and the way that that imperfection exists makes it more perfect than perfect. Okay. Um, so it's not a perfect circle. Uh, you know, if you have a circle, 
whether it's a letter O or 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 the number zero, if you could call zero a number. Okay. And I understand that. I think I read someplace that the Chinese culture was the one that, where the concept of zero was invented. Um, but when you type uh, uh, the circle or a machine prints it, you know, it's a perfect circle. Uh, but artistically, if you draw a circle, okay, now we're talking about, well, those of you who are familiar with uh, Zen circles, Enso, you know, at, at, which is used as a symbol of sunyata or, you know, emptiness, zero, <laughs> nothing, okay? Not empty or nothing, but absolute emptiness or nothingness. Full of potential. It's sort of like you got a blank canvas and man, that's, there's all kind of potentiality there. Canvas is pregnant with, it could hold a child scribbling, it could hold a Rembrandt, you know, just waiting. <laughs> and ourselves, we're an empty canvas. We're evolving canvas. We're a work in progress. Uh, and to appreciate the uniqueness, okay, together with our interdependency, then we start talking about what oneness is really about. Each and all are, you know, interdependent and independent, uniquely independent at the same time. Uh, we have to really uh, wrap our minds around this, our lives around it, rather, huh? But in the today's Dharma glimpse, when he was talking about the chip cup story, this is a story that I read about the Maizumi Roshi, who's the founder of the um, Los Angeles Zen Center, and um, uh, one of his senior monks. They were preparing for an elaborate formal ceremony, and she was getting some uh, lacquered cups uh, to prepare them as part of, to be used in the ceremony. And she was moving them around and she was carrying them. And then she, she dropped one and it fell on the ground and got chipped. And she was mortified and she went to my Azumi Roshi and said, oh, maybe we better try to get, get a replacement for this, you know, from Japan, make a special order. And Maizumi Roshi said, no, that chip cup is is more valuable than the, even the other cups. Use that right in the ceremony. Uh, and this reminds me of um, an essay that my father wrote. I can't remember if it was in the Everyday Substance or the Center Within book. He talked about uh, a flower arrangement. You know, every summer festival, uh, the Buddhist Temple of Chicago had a summer festival, and many times they would have uh, ikebana, or the art of flower arrangement, displays by uh, local teachers, okay, uh, on display as part of the festival. And my father commented on one arrangement by, by a very well-known local 
flower teacher, and there was a a shriveled up dead leaf high up in a prominent place on her flower arrangement. Okay, it was natural. She didn't remove it, even though it was in a prominent place. It's not like she put it there specially, but that it was there, and she she used it. You didn't hide it. You didn't say, oh, oh, I can't, I has to be, per, you know, this is maybe what is called flawed beauty, but maybe, if, you know, if you start using your nugget phrases, yeah, maybe, you know, you really dig into it, like your own personal mantra, koan, philosophy of life, spiritual teaching, whatever you want to call it. We call it nuggets in our lay program, but maybe unique comes out. Yeah. And to be able to respect one's own uniqueness lays the ground for being able to respect everyone else's uniqueness. Uh, That's very, well, I don't want to say deep, but it's a simple statement, but you know, therein lies all the ground for harmony in life, disharmony in life, you know, based upon these things. And I and I really resonate to Carl Rogers when I was studying psychology and his uh, his approach to psychotherapy and mental health and so forth. You know, most all these the different types of personality theories or, or uh, uh, therapies. The therapist is the boss, is the expert, is one who gives advice to the client or the patient. But he knows. But in and this is the. But in Rogers' approach sometimes called the client-centered approach. He just allows the person to express themselves, talk about their problems in that safe therapeutic environment. And once they can get it out, sometimes it's so close to you, like your eyelashes, you can't see it when it's bottled up inside. But when you, and this is a version of sometimes what's derisively called talk therapy, but, you know, I think there's a very it's it's skillful and deep in terms of uh, active listening or whatever you might want to call it. This take client-centered therapy that the client knows he knows the nooks and crannies of his psyche, so to speak. Okay, and person, place, and time. You know, uh, can you force someone to grow, and in what way to grow? I think everyone is unique. Different, okay? Even though we're all human beings and we have a lot in common, of course, okay? But when we look at something that requires a creative sort of problem-solving sense in that limited focus of a cross-section of someone's life, you know, they're unique. Uh, And one of Roger's major concepts is called unconditional positive regard. Kind of a highfalutin term, but unconditional positive regard. You accept the person 
as they are. That means with the flaws. Okay? But even to call them flaws uh, is too much. You know? Their uniqueness is much better. Unconditional means you're not judging. Okay? So we have to be careful. Okay? When we say flaws, we put it in quotes, or we say what's considered flaws by society or you know, public opinion or something like that. Okay? But to be really accepted, okay? that's what's so great about you find a soulmate or something. You, know? you feel safe. Accepted, not more than safe, embraced, okay, by who you are, okay, and then and we don't have to say, oh, I'm accepted with all my flaws. <laughs> That's already showing that you're clouded by the stigma of social conditioning, Morris. And we have to have that part. There are rules when you live together, okay, uh, but. The kind of rules or laws or uh, in terms of people getting a, getting along together more so the shoulds uh, a certain social more was taboo hundred years ago, but now it's not okay it depends on the person it depends on their circumstances it depends upon time okay something you you think is worthless. As as a as a nugget for somebody else, well, it might become yours later on. Who knows? Nothing's wasted. Okay, it's like little pebbles that that are accumulating karmic pebbles, influences on a on a balance scale, and maybe it doesn't show any effect until that one little tiny accumulated weight, boom! Then the whole scale tips, and a big change happens in your life. Dharma works in mysterious ways. <laughs> well, that's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going, and you have a wonderful day. Thank you. I'm Dane Lobb. I'm a public safety specialist with PG&E. If you encounter a downed power line, you need to stay away from it. Call 911. Let our first responders come out and handle it. Police and fire will respond as well as PG&E. PG&E will make the scene safe. When we listen to the radio, we never agree on the station. Classic rock. Hip-hop. Pop. Guys, quiet. The one thing we do agree on, we all want an awesome free phone. That's why we switched to MetroPCS. Stop by MetroPCS with the whole family and get four free phones of your choice from brands you love, like Samsung, Motorola, and LG when you switch. MetroPCS, wireless, figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Free phone requires port. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.